Did you know that amino acids are known as the building blocks of life? And getting the optimal ratio of amino acids in your diet is critical to staying healthy and maximizing your peak performance? I know firsthand how critical it is to stay healthy. Therefore, I've been on the lookout for quite some time for something that's 100% science-backed that can enhance and extend my peak athletic performance. That's why I'm so happy I recently discovered Perform from the Amino Company. Perform is a patented blend of essential amino acids that works to improve strength, focus, and endurance for peak athletic performance. Perform is scientifically proven to help revolutionize your workouts. Perform is an easy-to-use powder that you can mix in your water bottle for a delicious drink that keeps you operating at peak performance. Just drink it before and during your workouts for best results. You can check out their science by visiting aminoco.com genius. Don't forget, once you're there, use coupon code genius for 30% off at checkout. The website is aminoco.com genius. Then use the code genius. Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. I have uh, Jessica Klein. She goes by Jeff, I believe. She's the founder of Physio, Yoga, and Wellness. And we're going to talk about her practice and her work. So Jess, thank you for coming. Great. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. Yeah. Tell me a bit about uh, your current work, and then I want to ask you a little bit about your background, how you got there. Of course. So I wear the hat primarily of a physical therapist, but really my career and my personal aspirations have evolved tremendously over the last few years. And the longer that I've been practicing physical therapy, the the more I get further and further away from physical therapy. And I introduce things like nutrition, yoga, and exercise, and more of just lifestyle changes into my practice. I'm finding that people need more than just injury care, more than just that traditional physical therapy. Uh, can you yes. talk about why you're seeing the need to add in, you know, extra therapies in addition to just physical therapy? Of course. So my personal experiences as a consumer with healthcare have been frustrating to say the least. And certainly my patients and clients that come see me for physical therapy are also seeing the same exact things. I find that our current healthcare situation and health insurance scenarios are not lending themselves to people living healthier lives as a whole. And so I was getting frustrated with being cut off by insurance companies saying, People have recovered enough from their injury or they don't qualify for physical therapy because they're not hurt enough or injured enough. And so I created physio, yoga and wellness as a way to expand from just injury care into 
more holistic care where we're not just treating injuries or treating that one thing that's wrong, but we're taking into account everything that's going on in people's lives so they can not just recover from the injury that they're dealing with right now, but really to set them up for success in the future. Yeah, I've had um, a number of injuries myself. Uh, you know, I had surgery for thyroid cancer, I had ACL repair, et cetera. And I've noticed that, um, you know, you have to really throw everything at your condition. You can't just do a little bit of physical therapy and be like, oh, that's it. I'm, I'm good to go. You know, I've had acupuncture on these sites. I've had, again, months and months of physical therapy. I work out, you know, how to make sure the diet was good and everything. And I, I feel like I've gotten to about 95% back to normal. But uh, I see plenty of other people that haven't done that stuff. And they seem to be stuck at maybe like 70% of previous function. What, what's been your observation? I have had that experience as well with many people. And I think sometimes it's because our healthcare system has forced people into that scenario. It's like, that's what people expect now. They don't expect to talk about sleep hygiene and nutrition and how are, how is their relationships with their partners and, you know, seasonal affective disorder and, time changes and all those things that do affect us every day and affect our mental, emotional, and physical well-being. But traditionally, we don't talk to our healthcare providers about that because they don't have time. We don't think it's appropriate. They don't let you talk about it. And so I really want to be that person, that company that is really an open door for people to say, Maybe you just sprained your ankle, but what else is going on in your life? And is this a gateway into living a healthier life as a whole and reducing diabetes and mental health issues and heart disease and stroke? Like there's so many things that we can do in our lives to reduce these big major things that can be preventable. So what are... um you know, in your clinic, what are some of the most common type injuries or problems people have? What are the protocols you've developed to help them? So I have taken a specific interest in treating concussions and dizziness. That happened very organically about eight or nine years ago. I was seeing a lot post-whiplash people related to car accidents and slip and fall on ice. And I kept seeing this pattern of symptoms that was a little strange, just a very specific headache pattern, really specific sensitivities to like light and sound, some strange sleeping habits and some strange food cravings. But I kept seeing this pattern. And so when I dug a little bit deeper, it became pretty obvious that people were suffering from undiagnosed concussions. And what was frustrating to me was at this when I was seeing people in my office, they had already seen their primary care. Maybe they had been to urgent care or the ER. They had been to providers that should have been diagnosing them with concussions and giving them better tools to heal and manage these symptoms. But instead, they were left to kind of fend for themselves. And they just happened to end up in my office because they had some neck pain as well. So I spent a lot of time digging deeper into the research. I spent a lot of time getting more educated from a variety of different providers, physical therapists, neurologists, audiologists, researchers. And it really has changed how I practice. And it really changes 
people's lives when they are dealing with these symptoms that other providers don't necessarily believe are actually a thing. When people come in and see me and I say, yes, I know exactly what's going on and I know what we can do to help you. It really allows people to to get better and to trust that what they're feeling is real. So what does that mean? So if someone's suffering from an undiagnosed concussion, what will they experience? What will they report in general to you? So a lot of times it's vague symptoms. They'll say, oh, I have this headache that my provider said is migraines, but it doesn't feel like a migraine. Or they say, I have blurry vision or I have difficulty driving, but my eye doctor says that I see just fine. Or I have a really sensitivity to a very specific frequency of sound, but my audiologist said my hearing is completely fine. So people are experiencing these real symptoms, but when they're going to providers that don't have experience in concussion, the battery of tests a lot of times show that everything is normal. And so if all the tests show that they're normal and the providers say, hey, I think everything's fine, I don't believe in your symptoms, or I think it's all in your head, or maybe it's just anxiety, then people aren't getting the care that they need because they're not getting diagnosed with a concussion. Hmm. Okay. I know how important amino acids are for optimal health and athletic performance. I've been on the lookout for something that can help boost athletic performance during my workouts. Further, something that tastes great and is easy to incorporate into my daily routine. Then I found the amino company which offers 100% science-backed amino acid formulas. I tried their workout formula, Perform, which has been scientifically proven to improve muscle performance during exercise, reduce fatigue and recovery times, and increase the gains from workouts. It's keto-friendly, soy-free, vegan, gluten-free, and without any nasty GMOs. Thankfully, I found a formula that has clean ingredients and is great for your everyday routine to help give your body the fuel it needs to perform at its best and recover faster and stronger from workouts. Perform is formulated to minimize muscle breakdown during exercise and maximize muscle growth after exercise. You can check out their science by visiting aminoco.com genius. In a clinical trial, muscle protein synthesis from exercise more than tripled by using Perform as compared to whey protein. Amino Company's Perform was created by former Harvard professor and world-renowned clinical researcher, Dr. Robert Wolf. As a competitive athlete, Dr. Wolf has completed an unbelievable 62 marathons in under 2 hours and 30 minutes, set national age group records, and is still running and fueling his body with Perform at age 75. If you're looking for a nutritional advantage when it comes to boosting your peak athletic performance, I recommend you give Perform a try. It's three times more effective on a gram-for-gram basis than any protein source. Again, right now, you can get 30% off by using code GENIUS at checkout when you visit aminoco.com slash genius. So when you see these, uh, what, what appear to be maybe subtle issues, what do you have to do? Do you have to go back and do like a whole concussion protocol? Or I mean, I guess before that, you probably interview the person. And then how does it come up in conversation when they go, oh, yeah. That was a concussion or, oh, I didn't realize that, that I could have had a concussion. No. 
Yes. So that happens a lot of times because, again, people end up in my office because they have neck pain, because of whiplash, because of a car accident. That's pretty well known, pretty straightforward, very common to come to physical therapy for that. And a lot of times people will say, you know, this is very strange. You've probably never heard this before. And then they go and tell me a variety of symptoms that I've heard hundreds of times at this point now. And there's some typical things like the blurry vision, but they see fine is a very common one. Very specific headache patterns, um, like a sensitivity on the back of the head. Like it's hard to put a ponytail up or wear a hat because the skull is sensitive. Those are some common ones. So when I start asking these questions or just digging a little bit deeper. Like, don't be afraid to really tell me what's going on. Like, I promise to listen to you. I promise to trust you. Then more and more things start coming out. And then I have, usually it takes about 90 minutes to go through some very specific sensory integration type testing. Because a lot of times when we test things individually, like the visual system or the hearing system, it will come back normal. But with a concussion, the problem is how the brain interprets all that information and utilizes that information. And we need to do those functional tests to really figure out what's creating these symptomatic and functional problems in people. So it's a series of balance. It's a series of proprioception and visual processing, mobility. There's probably about 30 different tests that I do regularly, but I'll pick and choose based on what people are actually complaining of. So what happens when you go through these, uh, you know, I guess you have them do maybe some yoga, some physical therapy. Uh, what are some of the protocols you have people do that specifically helps them a lot with concussion relief? It is unique to every single person. So sometimes it is yoga and yoga can take two different formats. So sometimes Post-concussion, people's nervous systems are really, really riled up um, and very sensitive. And so we can use yoga as just a way to calm the nervous system down by breathing and gentle movement. Or we can use yoga as neuroplasticity and really challenge the system with different balance positions and transitions to promote cellular changes and better sensory integration connections to help people balance better so they can go hiking or ride a bike. So I use that in two different ways. There's a series of different neck exercises, balance exercises. We call it vestibular rehabilitation, which is kind of a generic term for getting your eyes and your inner ears to work together in very specific ways. But there's no typical protocol because every concussion is different. And so Every concussion is different. Every Everybody's healing process is different, but also everybody's goals are different. So it's really, really specifically catered to what are the functional deficits and why do those exist and what are we going to do to make them better? So typically people will go through all my tests and I'll give them things that they're going to work on at home and they do them a couple of times a day for a couple of weeks and then they'll come back in or we'll do a video call and see how it's going. And ideally, everything is better in those two weeks. But then they realize, oh, that blurry vision when I'm driving is better, but I still can't ice skate because I can't turn quickly and move quickly. So then we cater a different set of exercises to that 
thing that they're trying to achieve. So it's it's a fun puzzle. Before we get started, I have a quick favor. I've been self-funding the Finding Genius podcast for five years now. I've done over 3,000 episodes. And as you can see on YouTube, we're up over a million views on the channel, which is fantastic. The next thing I really want to push on is to get up to 10,000 subscribers. Because once we do, we'll be able to put a donate button and uh, we'll be able to solicit donations uh, to help keep the podcast running and to also get the Finding Genius Foundation moving along. We have a big project studying anxiety, depression, and PTSD and working on a product to help people overcome these problems uh, because I've seen them explode recently after the, uh, you know, the last two years of the whole virus situation. So if you would, please subscribe to the podcast. That would help us tremendously. Give us a thumbs up and check in the description for Buy Me a Coffee. It's about five bucks. If you could buy me a coffee, I'd really appreciate it. It would help keep the channel going. And I love coffee. Thank you. Because yeah, so it's like step step by step healing as you fix certain things, then exactly. other things may manifest. Yep. Um, you know, I know everyone's different, of course, and everyone says that. But what, what are some commonalities that you see? It doesn't have to be with everybody, but what are some again common things or common experiences that you notice in the patients? You know, one of the most common things is that people are frustrated. They're, they're frustrated that they haven't gotten answers. They're frustrated that they don't have a specific plan of attack and they don't know if they're going to get better or when they're going to get better or what the process of getting better is. Um, so I really think it's important as any healthcare provider should that we listen to what people are actually saying. And sometimes their goals are interesting, but it doesn't make them any less important to them. And so working to build trust in my relationship with my clients where I'm going to do everything in my power to help them. And if it's out of my scope of practice, then I'm going to find somebody that is going to help them and then empower them to, to really embrace the process of healing and knowing that the brain and the body always have the capacity to heal. Um, This is not something that people have to suffer with their whole life, but it's a matter of finding what's going to help them heal in the best way possible. What are some of the protocols you do that have a significant effect on people's healing that are outside of physical therapy, let's say? Outside of physical therapy, there's, there's so much that affects the brain. Right. So we talk a lot about sleep hygiene and different ways to encourage better sleep patterns to allow for better healing. Nutrition is another one. So there's a lot of research that's going into intermittent fasting, the keto diet, um, an anti-inflammatory diet that can have a big effect on post-concussion healing, exercise protocols are also very important for post-concussion. So one of the old school recommendations after a concussion was something we call cocooning, which was go into a dark room, close your eyes, and stay there until you feel better. The research actually shows now that that is very detrimental to healing. So getting people walking and moving within the first day or two after a concussion stimulates blood flow, which helps with brain healing. Um, for some people, 
there is an exercise intolerance post-concussion, meaning if the heart rate gets up a little bit too high, then there is a negative physiological effect. And if that's the case, we'll put somebody through a Buffalo concussion treadmill test to get an idea of what their heart rate threshold is for exercise post-concussion and use that as a way to develop an exercise protocol. And then the other thing is being able to manage the overall stimulus in people's lives. So there are some things that we can control, like turning the TV off or not answering the phone, putting on blue light blocking glasses. But there are some people need to go to work and need to take care of their kids. And so we try to develop a strategy where we can manage all that stimulus. So it's good stimulus, which helps promote healing, but not overwhelming stimulus where it's interfering with that healing process. Yeah, I remember um, years ago, I got hit from behind on the highway and I got a concussion and all that. And uh, I remember I had to go for a, a test for like my uh, you know, black belt in Tai Chi. And I was like, I don't know if I could do it, but I did it. And I, I remember literally like a, about a half hour into the test, I, I woke up, my brain woke up and I started to feel a lot better. I felt kind of like, ugh, until that point. But all that exercise literally like woke me out of it. So I can relate to what you're saying, I think, in that example. Right. Absolutely. We, our, our bodies respond to the stimulus that we put on it. So if we injure our brain and we take away all that stimulus, well, that's what our brain is going to get used to. So how do we get back to work? How do we get back to activity if we're not stimulating our brain in a way to help it heal the way that we need it to function? So it's a gray area because you have to do enough to promote healing. But if you do too much, then you feel worse and you can also interfere with the process of that cellular healing at that brain level. Yeah, I remember being afraid of the activity and afraid that you know, I wouldn't be able to do it. I would guess a lot of people that come to you, if you suggest, again, physical activity, they might be afraid like they're going to hurt themselves or they can't do it or they're going to feel awful afterwards. But uh, I guess if they get through it, they're probably like, whoa, that, that helped. Right. And that's part of building that trusting relationship is not everything about healing from a concussion feels good. Just like when you tear your ACL and have reconstructive surgery and you have to develop the strength and then take your first few steps running. Like it's scary. It's uncomfortable. It's, it can feel really awkward. It's the same thing with a concussion. And so it's my job to really understand what is that perfect balance of we got to do enough but let's not do too much, but let's also make it matter. You know, if somebody wants to go back to mountain biking, then that's what we're gearing it to. But if it's just a matter of going back to work and walking around the park, that's a totally different protocol that we go through. So what's next for your therapy? What um, have you thought about adding in? Is it, is it good enough or is there more that you want to do? And what are you thinking of, of adding on? It is never good enough. So I have spent many, many years in traditional outpatient physical therapy. It's only been the last couple of years that I've really broken free of the traditional healthcare model, which is exciting. It's also 
it also changes all the time. I'm still trying to figure out what is the best way to go about helping people that need it. And I think there's two major forks in the road. It's either educating providers to do a better job or it's direct to consumer and educating people about these more subtle concussions that a lot of providers are not trained in and therefore won't they won't be getting the best advice if they go to their primary care after hitting their head. Um, so I really am skewing towards the latter where I want to really educate the public about post-concussion and the things that can be done ASAP after a concussion. This is not something that you want to just wait and see and hope that it gets better. This is something that a few visits, a PT, or to anybody that's experienced in concussion, so that could be chiropractic or occupational therapy or a nurse practitioner. There's so many things that we can do in that first week post-concussion that's going to help the brain heal better ASAP, but also set you up for success um, into the future as well. So I want to spend more time educating the public. And right now I do a little bit of work with Love Your Brain Foundation, which is a TBI-based online yoga program. And then I also do lectures at our local Brain Injury Alliance of Colorado to help the brain injury community access resources better, learn more, and provide services. How important is the um, is the time window of someone gets a concussion today, literally the next day, be engaged in some physical activity, or is it okay to wait? And you know, at what point is waiting too long? It's never too late. There is always the possibility of healing, but the research is suggesting now that within the first seven days of a concussion, you should be evaluated by somebody. So ideally, it is that next day that you get in and you see somebody, you go through all of your symptoms, you go through some tests, and then you develop a plan of attack that is specific to what you're presenting with and what your goals are. Well, what about the therapy part? Have you been able to work on people literally the day after they got a concussion or you know, by the time people get to you, they waited a while? It's a best case scenario. I usually see people two or three days after. Unfortunately, that is the exception, not the rule. Um, I would love to see more people in that one to two day post concussion because people do so much better. But usually I am seeing people weeks or months after their concussion. It's usually when they've already been to their primary care, they've been to their neurologist. And they've been told nothing's wrong with them. And it's just a matter of them Googling and eventually finding me. So I, I would love for people to understand that these are the signs and symptoms of a concussion. And these are your resources to see somebody ASAP. So the injuries associated with the concussion or those sensory mismatches that occur due to a concussion don't get worse over weeks or months in between when it happened and when you're able to see somebody that's actually going to help you. When, when you help people, do they express to you that they're back to normal? They feel 100% or is there always a lingering problem no matter what you do? It can be both. Concussions are a very interesting thing because 
it does disrupt how your brain functions. It disrupts how your brain integrates all this sensory information. So a lot of times what happens is go through all of these exercises and skills and challenges to improve sensory processing. And then people will say, huh, I don't even think I could do that before my concussion. Or well, that double vision, I think, was there even before my concussion, but now it's just different. So it's just this weird thing where our bodies and our brains are amazing, right? They never function 100% perfectly, but they're able to utilize so many different compensatory mechanisms that allow us to function in everyday life. So when I see people post-concussion and we find some of these impairments, sometimes we don't know if it's concussion or if that's always been there. It doesn't really matter because we want both of them to get better. And so it can be one of those things that after a concussion, you're even better than before because we've just spent all this time working on balance and vision and vestibular things, but it still might feel different because now you're more in tune to it. Yeah, I was going to ask you if people, I mean, they don't get special abilities, but some of them do feel better in certain ways than they've ever felt. Yes, absolutely. And part of it is, I think sometimes we take for granted what our bodies and our brains are capable of. The things that we are able to accomplish without even thinking twice about it are are pretty spectacular. But then you come into my office and we're we're very intentful and we're very nitpicky on how each individual thing works in our body and how how you can move your head one way and your eyes another while reciting state capitals, right? Like that's not something you necessarily do in your everyday life. And it can be challenging the first time we do it in the office. But those types of things where you need to be able to move through the world and stay balanced and think at the same time and be aware of your surroundings, we do that without thinking about it in our everyday life. But then you go through post-concussion rehab and now you're super aware of all the things that your body and brain should be doing and then working towards having those function better. It's it's pretty fun. Yeah, no, that's excellent. So do people graduate from your program and then you give them something to do when they're done or... You know, once they're good enough, you say, all right, bye, have a nice life, and off they go. You know, suffering from a concussion and really from any injury, it is an emotional process for some people. And I think that's something that I feel like is very important to address within any sort of therapy, physical therapy, occupational therapy, chiropractor, is to really address how people are emotionally feeling as well as physically feeling. So it usually means that I develop somewhat of a deeper relationship slash friendship with some of my clients. And for some people, I will see them for months, sometimes even years, depending on what they have going on. And so it's very common for me to tell people, okay, you are ready. Here is your program. You can do it. You're good. You're great. But if you ever need help, I am always here for you. And I would say about 50% of people kind of check back in with me, maybe six months down the road or even a year down the road. And it's usually because they want to do a different activity or maybe they hit their head again. You know, if people are skiing or mountain biking, unfortunately, it's common to get concussions 
at various points in your life. So ideally, post-concussion, people go through the rehab, they do a great job, they accomplish their goals, and they are done. And they just email me to say hello or send me a text to say hello. But then sometimes people do end up getting another concussion because of the activities they like to do. And then I end up seeing them again. Yeah, it sounds like uh, certain athletes definitely would need your protocol for the whole time that they're you know, in play because they're getting multiple concussions, you know, like boxing or football or you know other sports. So I just wonder how much better they would do if they were doing these protocols and these ongoing therapies in addition to their sport. Right. So there is actually some interesting research that came out about if there's anything that we can do to prevent concussion. And right now, there really isn't. There is some great helmet technology that has evolved substantially in the last few years. But unfortunately, we're not necessarily seeing a reduction in the number of concussions, we can infer that perhaps the severity of concussions are a little bit less. But we, most of that research is coming from mice because we're not going to purposefully give human brains a concussion. But I think there's something to be said for athletes that have better balance, head and neck control, proprioception, visual processing. Do they move their bodies differently and maybe quicker to potentially avoid as many concussions through a season or through a year? I haven't seen that in the research, but it's something that I believe to be true, that the better our sensory systems are integrated, then potentially the less chance we have at having a concussion. Is there a protocol for just regular folks? you know, like an exercise protocol that includes, you know, some of this post-concussion work that would just help people feel good, even if they don't think they've had a concussion? Well, I think that would just be in general lifestyle, health and wellness, right? The more you exercise, maybe not the more you exercise, but ideally 20 to 30 minutes of exercise where your heart rate is elevated five days a week has been shown to be, have tremendous health benefits, certain nutrition changes, healthy lifestyle habits, all of those things are going to allow your body to be healthier. And so with any sort of injury to your brain or to your body, the healthier you are, the better you're going to recover. So nothing specific, but definitely exercise and healthy eating is something that I encourage across the board for everyone. Yeah, I just wondered if you do certain protocols since you came up with a lot of them, you know, on the regular I don't know if you've had a concussion, but do um, you know anyone, again, that, that has incorporated this into their daily life regardless? And, you know, what has it done for their health? Well, I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent here related to that. But there are a lot of vision therapists that I work with. And vision and vestibular inner ear integration is something that I work with functionally with my clients. Sometimes I need the help of a vision therapist to dig a little bit deeper. So I work with them a lot. And I've had several interesting discussions of childhood visual processing issues that sometimes kids get diagnosed with ADHD when really it's because they can't interpret the visual stimuli that's coming into their brain. So there's something to be said for, should we be screening 
all adolescents, or maybe put it as part of a preseason physical, where we're testing people's vestibular awareness, their visual processing, and their balance to help them move better in their sport to potentially reduce not just concussions, but also musculoskeletal injuries as well. Hmm. Okay. Well, very good. Well, how can people reach out to you and find you? Where can they go? Um, so my website is physioyogaandwellness.com. People can book appointments online. So I am based in Denver, Colorado for anybody that is local here. But I also have a service nationally and internationally, which serves as more of a health coaching role. Because I understand that people go see all these providers and they get told all this information and then they don't know what to do with it. So my health coaching service is to be a knowledgeable provider that can help other people navigate through their local network of concussion providers um, so they can feel more confident and feel more empowered about getting the care that they need. So on my okay. website or via email at jessica at physioyogaandwellness.com. Excellent. Jess, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. Yes, thank you so much. It was great. Hey, before you go, if you're looking for a nutritional advantage, be sure to check out AminoCo's 100% science-backed perform formula. It was created by former Harvard professor and world-renowned clinical researcher, Dr. Robert Wolf. As a competitive athlete, Dr. Wolf has completed 62 marathons in under 2 hours and 30 minutes, set national age group records, and is still running and fueling his body with Perform at age 75. I recommend you give Perform a try. It's three times more effective on a gram-for-gram basis than any protein source. The AminoCo is giving our listeners 30% off all AminoCo products, including Perform. You can check out their science by visiting aminoco.com genius. Use coupon code GENIUS for a 30% discount at checkout. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.